Welcome to the Balance Code Podcast, a place where you have permission to step outside the hamster wheel of day-to-day life and learn tools to create more balance. My name is Katie Ressler. I'm a licensed therapist and burnout and hidden grief specialist. I support ambitious, goal-driven people who are ready to get off the one-way train to burnout and start to enjoy life again to the fullest. Oh, and by the way, I'm a mom of three, an expat living in Germany who is still learning the language, and an entrepreneur. Living my balance code is what keeps me able to work in incredible ways without burning out. So let's find your balance code. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today we are discussing disappointment. Yep, the emotion and experience and feeling of disappointment. But I'm going to put a twist to this because often we think about our own disappointment, but what leads us to people please or avoid confrontation is other people's disappointment. We don't like to disappoint other people. We will disappoint ourselves before we will disappoint other people. And we need to dive into why that is. What is going on in our psyche that it is just much more manageable to feel disappointed ourselves rather than to disappoint other people. Now, if you listened back at episode 12, where I talked about the truth of people-pleasing, you know, we really went into that people-pleasing is a selfish act. It is protecting ourselves from feeling something, being abandoned, alone, not mattering, not feeling worthy. And also, I'm going to add to that, it is our desire to not disappoint other people. We don't like that feeling. In fact, people will tell you that physically they cringe, they feel the sense of disappointing someone else, and that makes it really difficult. When we get to the heart of what disappointment is, disappointment is when we have our hopes up, our goals, our dreams, our desires sort of on the line, and it's either us or someone else or just fate that is going to make it happen and it doesn't occur. And the emotion and the mental experience of it is called disappointment. Now, we experience disappointment in our lives probably on a weekly basis. There are things that don't work out. Hey, I hope to be there on time. I hope there would be no traffic. You know, I hope so-and-so would do the thing I wanted them to do. So disappointment's nothing new to us. If we experience disappointment on a regular basis, then other people do too. But we don't like to be the cause of other people's disappointment. We don't like to be the catalyst of that. Why? I mean, you probably can already like think about it right now and go, oh, I might know. I believe the reason we struggle with handling other people's disappointment is because of childhood wounds. It goes back to how we were parented, how things were in school. And if we were blamed for other people's feelings. You made me feel you're bothering me, you're a problem. Then we will be conditioned to dread disappointing someone. I know for me, when my dad would be like, I'm disappointed in you, it was like a dagger to the heart. I felt awful. And I think back and go, well, why? Why was it that way? 
But I was conditioned that if my dad was not happy with me, if my dad was disappointed in me, then I really had done something wrong. I had really screwed up. And that's a difficult place for a child to be in, to think that they have done something to make an adult think less of them. Because ultimately, when we as a child are experiencing someone else's disappointment, we believe they think less of us, they don't love us as much, we're not worthy. It really messes with our head. So as we go about our lives, trying not to make people unhappy, trying not to disappoint them, trying to fulfill their wishes without even knowing what their wishes are sometimes, we will condition ourselves even more to dread the experience of disappointment of anyone, our boss, our partner, our friends, people we don't even know. We will try to avoid experiencing disappointment. And again, we'll allow ourselves to experience disappointment, but we will not stand to allow someone else to experience disappointment because of us. Here's the funny thing, though, about disappointment. When we struggle to allow someone else to experience the emotion of disappointment, when we do our best to make sure that they don't ever have to feel that, we are robbing them of personal growth, of learning how to feel disappointment and handle it and not throw a tantrum and not shame or guilt us, but to actually be able to feel it and go, you know what, maybe my expectations or my wishes were unrealistic hey, maybe they just couldn't happen right now on my timeline. That's okay. We rob them of the ability to grow. And I hear you. I hear you. There are those people that you think they'll never grow. They'll never change. And they may not. But it doesn't mean you have to stand in the way. And their disappointment in you isn't actually about you. I'm going to say that again. Their disappointment in you isn't actually about you. Yes, you might be the catalyst. Yes, they might be really angry at you and making you feel like it's all on you. It is all your fault. But there's a bigger story at play at their inability to handle when life doesn't go the way that they hoped, wanted, that they thought it should go. And remember, my definition of hidden grief is letting go of the way we thought life would or should go. So sometimes it's almost a micro grief for them and they haven't learned how to handle that. They haven't learned how to be disappointed and sad and let down and maybe angry and hurt without it being the fault of someone, without it needing punishment, without it being an experience of shaming or guilting someone because of how they feel. They're uncomfortable with how they feel and they don't know how to sit with that. So what do they do? They lash out. They become passive aggressive. They shut you out. They do whatever it needs to be to create pain in you so they feel justified in how they're feeling. Like there's a release finally. Well, I'm disappointed. So everyone else should be miserable. Everyone else should be unhappy. But what do we do? What do we, the people who probably caused the disappointment for this person who, you know, who knows why, What do we do to handle their disappointment? Well, this goes back to you being honest with yourself about where your self-worth lies. Does it matter to you that this person loves you all the time, needs you all the time, 
is so thankful for you and only has positive thoughts about you? If yes, then okay, well, we need to talk about that relationship. If you know what, Katie, actually, it's okay. You know what? Sometimes I have negative thoughts about them. It's realistic for them to have negative thoughts about me. Oh, good. Yes, that's every relationship, right? That's every relationship. We are going to see the person as a whole being. We're going to see the positive. We're going to see the negative. We're going to think negative thoughts sometimes. We're going to think positive thoughts sometimes. So as they are disappointed in us, we have to reflect and go, it's okay for them to think negative thoughts about me. It's okay for them to have negative emotions about me. My self-worth, who I am, doesn't change. I still matter. Now, if it's something you've done wrong, like literally like, oh, wow, I definitely messed that up, you can apologize. Doesn't mean they're going to forgive you, but you can take ownership because that's about your own personal growth. Being able to take ownership and not to the point where you're self-deprecating, not to the point where you're like, roll over, you can say or do whatever you want to me. It's, hey, I have taken ownership and I apologize. You don't need to continue to try to shame me because of this. And here's the deal. As you work on that within yourself, they will not like it because they're used to you or whomever else falling in line with the problems that they have and trying to make them better, trying to make them feel better, doing something you know out of the ordinary to fix the situation. And when you stop doing that, it holds them accountable for feeling the disappointment and knowing what to do with it. Whew, that's tough, right? But I guarantee you've probably figured out how to deal with that disappointment. Now, here's the thing. If you're a parent or in a partnership, or you have that really close friend that you just maybe are a little bit too bluntly honest with, you probably struggle with disappointment around them and probably replay some of the things that were said or done to you in those relationships unless you fully healed this. It comes out of us in very close-knit relationships. We will start to kind of do these things, not to the same degree, but it will come out. You know, if you're a parent, you'll start to say things like, I'm just so disappointed in you. And you'll catch yourself and be like, whoa, no, I don't mean that. I don't want you to feel this, but I am. And like, how do I present this to you? Or with your partner, I'm really upset at you. You really disappointed me or I'm feeling disappointment. And if they're a people pleaser or they struggle experiencing someone else's disappointment, then you can catch them and go, you don't need to fix this for me. I need to be able to handle being disappointed. It's okay. So your own personal growth journey is going to be not only how to stop fixing the disappointment of other people, but also to manage how it might come out in you in other relationships. The next thing is creating boundaries and boundaries around other people's emotions. This works not just for disappointment. It can be for anger or sadness or anything. Often, if you're an empath, what we believe is that we're sponges to other people's emotions, but that's not true. That is not what it means to be an empath. An empath is I'm in touch with my emotions that I can feel when something comes up as you share your story, as you share your emotions. And I might even be able to touch on my own experience that was similar so I can relate and sit with you. It is not, I have just sponged up everything that you have just shared with me, all the emotions, and now I'm harboring them and I've got to figure out how to release them. 
That's poor boundaries. That's not being an empath. And the biggest tool around boundaries is to remember your emotions are yours and their emotions are theirs. And if you have to mentally repeat that to yourself, this is their stuff. This is their stuff. This is their stuff. I'm here. I am me. I am these emotions. They are these emotions. Then do that. But boundaries start with you understanding you do not have to be a sponge to their emotions. It is very challenging at times not to be, especially if you are a very caring and loving person and you want to help others, but it does not serve them for you to take on their emotions. It doesn't help it. It does not make it easier for them. Again, it tends to lead us to do things that hurt us in the long run. Again, we sponge up that emotion and then we're left trying to figure out what to do with it. So the better boundaries we can have around other people's emotions, including disappointment, and around ours is important. There are a variety of ways to do that, as I've just shared. One, we'll get into a boundaries episode, I'm sure, in the future. But boundaries around it. So one, allow the other person the respect to learn how to deal with disappointment. You don't have to fix it. You don't. And two, having better boundaries with the emotion of disappointment and the emotions that come with disappointment will help you to remember you don't have to be a sponge to it and you don't have to fix it. You don't have to feel it. And when you do start to feel it, a reminder that this is their stuff and it is okay. They are allowed to feel disappointed about X, Y, Z. And if there's a part in it that I've played that I can see was a total mess up, a total accident, whatever, I will apologize, but I will not allow them to continue to pull me through their disappointment because they don't know how to handle it. That's where I need to step in and go, hey, I understand you're disappointed, but you get to be that way. I don't have to then feel shamed or guilted because of this. I've apologized. So we're moving forward. I understand if you can't move forward, I am. Those are tough boundaries to put down with people, but the more you practice it, the easier it gets. And I would suggest finding people that maybe aren't you're not as connected to, to practice it with and slowly bringing it into those who are closer to you. Now, there is a select few of you that it will be easier for you to do it in your own home versus strangers. So whichever way it is, practice with the people that you will find it easier to do that with. And then start to approach it in those relationships that are a little more difficult. Disappointment isn't the problem. We all feel disappointment on a weekly basis. It is how people handle their disappointment and whether they have the ability to or the inability to. Once you recognize that, you start to understand that it really isn't about you. It's about a personal growth moment that they need to have, whether they're ready for it or not. Okay, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and learning more about the interesting experience of disappointment. As we wrap up, I want to let you know I have a new workbook slash e-guide for you, which gives you 30 ways to detox from the stress. Now, you've heard me talk about stress versus burnout, and the interesting thing about stress is the hormones that are released usually take about three to four hours to leave our system. But when you are experiencing stress on a regular basis, it can take up to six months. So this e-guide with a workbook attachment 
gives you 30 tools to start using on a daily basis. You don't have to use all 30, of course, to detox from the stress hormones and to complete the stress cycle. We will be talking about that in a future episode as well. So make sure you look in the show notes to get the link to that workbook and e-guide. It is chocked full of support resources. So I want you to get that. Okay, that wraps it up for today. I hope you enjoyed this week's educational podcast episode. And here's to finding our balance code. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have a moment, please leave a rating or a review so that others can find this podcast who are looking for support just like you. Let's connect on Instagram at katie.rustler or at Balance Code Podcast, or check down in the show notes to find ways that we can work together and see other offerings that I have for you at this time. And as always, here's to finding our balance code.